Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Come on, somebody give Jesus a hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hey, will you remain standing? Come on, stand to your feet and let's jump into the word tonight. And um, we're going to be having more prophetic words over your pastors the rest of the uh, conference tomorrow. We're going to have some some more speakers, and some of them were like, hey, you know what, I'll just prophesy over Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, before I get up and, uh, and preach. And so you don't want to miss tomorrow. There's going to be some incredible revelation that comes tomorrow. So let's look at this. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Come on, let's get into the Word. Are you guys ready to get into the Word? How many of you guys came expecting a miracle tonight? Oh, that was, well, according to your faith, be it done. How many of you came expecting a miracle tonight? Can I tell you, I felt like the Lord gave me a word to build up faith in your hearts to see a release of supernatural miracles tonight. I believe there are going to be people that are going to leave this place completely and totally free, completely and totally healed. Come on, if you believe that, can you just give Jesus a shout of praise right now? Come on. Well, for the five of you, you're going to get healed tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Let's pray. Father, I pray, anoint this word, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, that we may be changed by the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated. The title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Amen. Now, on the count of three, we are going to let go, we're going to let out the loudest amen you can possibly muster up. I mean, we, now look, they just put this roof on this place. We're going to lift it up. Are you ready? On the count of three, I want you to give the loudest amen that you possibly can. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. We see this incredible passage, and we need to understand something before we really dive in to the meat of this word, the promises of God are revealed in Christ. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. The promises, all the promises of God are revealed in Christ. They're substantiated in Christ, accessed in Christ. Christ is the promise. He's not, listen, he's not just the promiser. Christ is the promise. So when you receive Christ, you need to hear this, when you receive Christ, you open your life to all the promises of God. The promise and the gifts don't exist outside of Christ. Salvation is through Christ. Are you ready for this? You can't even receive the Holy Spirit without Christ. Every promise of God 
is in Christ. He's the promiser and he's the promise. See, when Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago, when Jesus, born of a virgin, showed up, the promises of God, every promise in the Old Testament was revealed in that moment, made manifest in that moment. The birth of Christ, every promise was made manifest. You need to get that again. Well, Pastor, why is that so important? Because I want you to understand what you have access to in Christ Jesus. If you can get a revelation tonight of what you have access to, it changes everything. It changes the way you live. It changes what you expect. It changes the way you talk. And tonight I want you to ask yourself this question. As we get into this message, amen, I want you to ask yourself this question. What am I agreeing with? Who am I believing? What am I, what am I agreeing with? Who am I believing? See, the devil understands the power of agreement. If he can get you to agree with the problem, if he can get you to agree with the circumstance and the lie, he knows he wins. I, I, I liken an agreement to tying yourself to an inner tube. Anybody here ever, ever gone... Uh, White water rapping, what, what is it called? White, white water rafting rapids, rafting rapids, rafting rapids. It is so much fun. But if you've ever gone white water rafting, you realize something. Those rapids don't just lead you, they take you. Whatever you agree with, will end up not just leading you, but taking you. When you come into agreement with something, it's almost like getting in that inner tube and getting into those white water rapids and being taken away. What are you agreeing with? See, I want you to understand before, before we truly get the full context of what Jesus wants us to understand, what the Word of God is saying to us, Paul the Apostle understands the power of agreement. But we've got we've to deal with some fallacies. We've got to deal with some issues. And sometimes we project upon God certain things we're going through, and we project upon Him what we believe His character and His nature is, which is in direct conflict with the Word of God and what the Word of God reveals. I believe if we're going to walk in a true amen with God, if we're going to say amen to God's yes, the first thing we got to deal with is the fallacy of tribulation. Can I, can I talk about the fallacy of tribulation? The battles, the tribulations, or hardships are a reflection of your spiritual state. I'm going to say that again. That battles, tribulations, or hardships are a reflection of your spiritual state. Just because you're going through hardship doesn't necessarily mean that you're not in the will of God. I've actually heard people preach. If you're going through something, there must be sin in your life. What? So you're, you're telling me the Apostle Paul was a sinner, a wretched man? No. 
He said, man, I've gone through it all. I've gone through persecution. I've gone through tribulation. I've gone through everything. I mean, think about what this church has gone through through the last seven years. And see, there's a fallacy of tribulation that when you're going through hardships and you're going through problems, now I believe some problems and some tribulations, yes, are self-inflicted. However, Paul was aware that if we have an incorrect perspective, we can allow the presence of hardship to cause us to abandon the promises of God. Oh, this is rough. Obviously, God doesn't want me to build this building. Oh, we, we, we're missing this, or we have this problem, or we have this tribulation, or we have this hardship. Well, obviously, God doesn't want us to see all of Alaska saved. That's what the devil wants you to believe. And so what he'll try and do is put opposition in your way to have a perspective that all opposition means the same God. No, 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 no. Sometimes opposition is the very thing that says this is God. Because there's a real devil trying to stop you. And I thank God for a church like this who knows how to push past opposition. A people like you that know how to give and know how to serve and press past the obstacles that the enemy brings your way. See, I believe this. We have to determine our position. We have to determine our position not on circumstances, but relationship. My intimacy and proximity with Christ. My intimacy and proximity with Christ. Friends, your relationship with him is paramount. The only way you're going to make it through is your relationship with him. Your faith is established in a relationship with him. Your trust in God is established in a relationship with him. It cannot be built upon Pastor Daniel's relationship or Pastor Daniel's faith or Pastor's, Pastor Karen's intimacy with God. You have to get your own relationship with God. If you're gonna make it through the trials and the tribulations, if you're gonna make it through the issues, you gotta get your own faith. You gotta get your own relationship with God. Come on, church. Now, I know some of you are screamed out because of the Super Bowl, but you gotta hear me tonight. God wants you to have great faith, a great measure of faith. He wants you to operate in a great level of power, but it requires a deep intimacy with God. Paul the Apostle wants us to understand that we're going to go through some things. But if we can press through, if we can push through, there's victory for you on the other side, church. Come on, there's victory for you on the other side. Look at that person next to you and say, there's victory for you on the other side. And what I love about this passage that we find in 2 Corinthians, it says this, all his promises are yes in Christ. Someone say yes. yes. How many of you growing up, you loved it when your parents said yes? One of my favorite videos on planet Earth one of my favorite videos of planet Earth is that YouTube video of that little kid arguing with his mom. But Linda, 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 listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. You guys know the Listen, Linda video? If you haven't watched the Listen, Linda video, I have never wanted to spank a kid more in my life 
I was just like, someone just grabbed that kid. Listen, Linda. He's arguing with his mom. It's like a four-year-old, five-year-old. Guy. Listen, Linda, listen. And what's so interesting is this. I feel like so often I'm actually arguing with God concerning his yes. He's saying yes to me, but I, there's, there's problems that I have with, with my faith and believing that everything that God has for me. And I see more believers arguing with God concerning his yes and his promises than receiving and walking in it. Making excuses, justifying why things don't work the way they work when God's got a yes for you. All his promises, all his promises are yes in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of of his glorious inheritance. And his holy people and in his uncomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms. Far above all rule, and authority far above all rule and come on we've been hearing about this for the last two days far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come all his promises are yes in christ can we talk about the yes of god i want to encourage you and the yes of God. First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His yes of forgiveness. Someone here tonight needs to hear this. God will never reject your repentance. He's got a yes of forgiveness. Have you ever gone to someone and said, oh, I'm so sorry, and then said, I don't forgive you? Has, has anyone ever felt that before? Like you are legitimately, sincerely sorry, but they won't accept your repentance. God will never reject your repentance. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. His yes is forgiveness. How about this one? You ready? His yes of acceptance. Oh, I like this. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, here we go. Everybody say, therefore. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God will always accept our pursuit. He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. When you come to the altar, when you come to the Lord in prayer, God will never look at you and say, you know what? I just don't want to talk to you today. 
He'll never reject your pursuit. And by his grace, the Bible says right here, that by his grace, he gives us the confidence to boldly approach his throne. Friends, you can get into his presence. Pastor, do I have to be perfect to get into his presence? Friends, he has given us grace to pursue him. Can I tell you, your perfection doesn't come before the pursuit. It comes through the pursuit. Your life change comes through the pursuit. Your victory comes through the pursuit. Oh man, I could talk about the yes of God all night long. Someone say yes. I like this one. You ready? His yes of supply. Philippians 4.19, and my God, let's all read it together, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody here needs to hear this tonight. God will always supply everything you have need of to fulfill the calling that he has on your life. Now, it may look different. And too often people judge the word of God upon their life and the calling on their life and the success in their life based upon other people's callings. There are some people in this church that are actually called to live in mansions, and that's okay. Now, this is the problem. There is a theology out there where people go, everybody in this church needs to live in mansions. No. Mother Teresa didn't live in a mansion. Mother Teresa had a call, but let me tell you something. God supplied everything she had need of for that calling. My God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches. Pastor, are you telling me that God's called me to be poor? No, God's called you to be effective. Oh, no, no, hold, hold on, hold on a second, hold on, because we don't, we, don't, we don't get this and we don't like this. God could care less whether you live in a mansion or you live in a hut. I'm just letting you know. Now, he loves you, and he desires to bless you and prosper you, but God's greatest desire is that you be effective in his kingdom. So he's going to supply everything that you have need of for your calling. So if you're called to be Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen and to influence an entire state, don't get mad at them when they're living in some mansion on the water because God feels like he wants to put them next to governors and to mayors and to business owners and influencers and God redirects it and does some incredible amazing things. Don't get mad. Listen to me. One thing I love about your pastors is that they don't need to pursue blessings. You know why? Blessings pursue them. They're not looking for it. They're just walking in it. But what happens is this. There's this, there's this un unfortunately there's this critical, judgmental spirit that comes upon the body of Christ because we look at people and we go, well, how come they live in this mansion and how come they drive that car and how come they have this and I don't have that? Well, see, if you were living in according to your calling, in accordance with your calling, you wouldn't be worrying about that. God shall supply all your needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, he will always supply everything you have need of for your calling. 
I just I feel so strong in my spirit right now that there are people here tonight that you feel so broken and so detached from the calling of God on your life. And that's where a lot of the, the tension and contention is. And Father, I pray healing right now. Lord, the confusion that the enemy's tried to bring, the hurt and the pain. I want you to hear this. His yes, he has a yes to supply. He will supply your needs. How about this one? You ready for this? His yes of healing. Oh, I love this one. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's the promise of God. Every infirmity and every iniquity, he heals Friends, that's a promise. That's why I'm telling you, I'm a little crazy at times when, when people pray for me. I'm very selective in who I allow to pray for people in this church. Because, man, can I just tell you, Christians say the darndest things. I, I've been at an altar, and I'm hearing someone pray for somebody. Lord. If it be your will for this person to be healed, we just pray you heal them. But Lord, if it's not your will for them to be healed, we pray just comfort them. Give them the strength. I'm like, what? Where is that? I'm like, search, where is this in the Bible? I'm trying to find this. According to Isaiah 53, he came. The promiser came to fulfill the promise of healing in every, 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 every area of your life. His yes is healing. I like this one. His yes is destiny. He hasn't forgotten about you. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. His yes is your destiny. Well, pastor, if, if you understand how badly I messed up, God, God, God forgot my calling, or God said, no, no I, I can no longer accomplish great things for him. I've gone too far. I've messed up too much. No, listen to me. God is doing a work in you, and if you'll humble yourself and you'll come back to him, he'll restore that destiny and that purpose in your life. Well, pastor, I messed up. No, listen to me. You can come to him and you can seek him and you can turn your life around and you can put your life into the awesome hands of God and he will restore you. Come on somebody. He will restore your destiny and your purpose and your calling because his yes is destiny. That's why one of the models of this church is our passion is your purpose because you have a divine purpose on your life. You are called by God and chosen by God. And some of you have been so detached from your destiny because of the lies of the enemy. And tonight, God wants to bring you back to that place of destiny and that place of purpose. His yes is destiny. I like this one. His yes to the Holy Spirit. I rely upon this passage all the time. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more 
will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you but ask? What? Not if you feel it. You know, a lot of times we go so off of feelings. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creature of feelings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I got to feel it. I'm like Pastor, Pastor Daniel and I. I got two peas in the pot. I got I to gotta feel it. But I realized something. As much as I rely upon my feelers, there's a simple promise given to me that when I'm weak, when I'm emaciated physically, spiritually, when I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't feel it. If I but ask, he'll release it. He knows how to supersede, go beyond what I feel. And if I can muster enough faith just to say, Holy Spirit, help. If I could muster enough faith to cry out to him, he would never reject that cry. He said, he, he, look, he didn't talk about how awesome you have to be, how mighty you have to be, how perfect you have to be. He said, look, if you cry out for my spirit, if you but ask, I'll give you my spirit. Yes. Our God is a God of yes. Come on, yes to forgiveness, yes to acceptance, yes to supply, yes to healing, yes to destiny, yes to the Holy Spirit. That is the God we serve. I think some of you have been introduced, you've been taught about a no God. Your idea of God is that he's a no God. That God can't wait for you to wake up in the morning and just start praying so he can say no to you. you you've painted such a picture of God that your experience with God is he's a no God. Your theology is that he's a no God. Yet can I tell you something? He says yes way more than he says no. All his promises are yes in Christ. But this is where we become challenged. Because it says this, through him the amen is spoken by us. That word amen means let it be fulfilled. Even more so, it, it means let it be applied to my life. By his grace, by his spirit, by his love we say amen. Can I tell you right now, amen requires faith. It's easy to say amen, but if we want to see an amen happen in our life, if we want to respond, if we want our response to his yes to be amen, it requires faith. Hebrews 4, 2, for indeed, we have had good news preached to us. I want you to hear this passage. As a matter of fact, I want you to see this passage. Can you put this up there, Hebrews 4, 2, because this is, to me, a battle that I think all of us face. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them. Why? Because it was not united by faith in those who heard. See, I could preach till I'm blue in the face. I've heard your pastor preach it. Your pastor preaches the promises of God. And many of you have heard it, and you've heard it, and you've heard it. But what you're hearing isn't being united with faith. And so the reason you're not walking in the yes of God is because your spirit hasn't said amen yet. 
See, you got to understand something. Your amen shapes your reality. I'm going to say that again. Your amen shapes your reality. Our belief is that which we adopt as truth, which forms our reality. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely, earnestly seek him. Your amen shapes your reality. How you respond to God's promises will determine those promises being fulfilled in your life. If you don't believe it, if you reject it, well, I don't believe God heals, then you're never going to experience healing. We had a guy bring his friend to church. His friend had cancer, throat cancer. And he comes to the altar to get prayed for. And as he's up here, the guy who brought him to our church said, Pastor, I brought my friend to church because his pastor refused to pray for him. So I said, you need to come to my church because we pray for people. Your amen will shape your reality. How about this one? Your amen is more than a declaration. It's a lifestyle. I want you to write that down. Your amen is more than a declaration. It's a lifestyle. See, faith is lived. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, but the righteous will live, live by his faith. That word live means to be quickened. It means to get your entire life into agreement with God. That's what it means, to get your entire life in agreement with God. Is your life in agreement to his word? Is your life in agreement with his word? Is your life in agreement with his purpose? How about this one? Are you ready for this? We're, we're actually starting a brand new series in the month of, of March called I Agree. And I'm realizing something. That even though God's got all these promises for me, my mouth is out of alignment. My mind a lot of times is out of alignment. My money a lot of times is out of alignment. And if I can just get my mouth, my mind, and my money back into alignment with the word of God, I may have some victory. I may just get some breakthrough. You know why your pastor teaches on the tithe? It's because he knows that if you can get your money into alignment with the word of God, you'll start seeing miracles. But I realize so many of my, one of my greatest battles is my mind, my mouth, and my money are out of alignment with the promises of God. And so if I want to access all the promises of God, I got to get my life back into alignment. In him we live, breathe, and have our being. Your amen is more than a declaration. It's a lifestyle. Your amen requires knowing. Can I close with this one? If you want to take hold of all the promises of God, all the yeses of God, your amen requires a knowing. Friends, you got to be convinced. That shirt... I, I want you to understand this. This is something that has moved this church forward. 
Because we realize that the greatest weapon of the enemy is doubt. One of the greatest weapons of the enemy to keep you from walking in the yeses of God is doubt. So if we can have desire and faith, and we can extinguish doubt in our life, friends, we'll start seeing miracles. But you got to get convinced. So how well do you know the promises of God? Jesus says it this way, my sheep know my voice. See, that takes us back to the very beginning point. This is all truly predicated upon our relationship with God. Do you know him? Do you know his voice? Do you know how to discern and distinguish his voice in your quiet times? See, what it means to know God, when we see that word, know God, it means to know God's nature, to be convinced of God's nature. See, there's nobody on planet Earth that can convince me that my dad isn't who he is because I know him. I've had a lot of people have their opinions about Dr. James Morocco. Well, he does this and he does that. I mean, I, I think there's a rumor around Maui that Dr. Morocco drive a Porsche, drove a Porsche. I'm like, dude can't even fit in a Porsche. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Pastor Daniel's like, I think I might need a new car because my forerunner, Dr. Morocco and I can't fit in the forerunner. Look, I, had a, I got a car and I get in my car and Dr. Morocco and I are in the car and we're driving, I'm driving down the road like this. We're both turned like that, driving down the road. <laughs> he drives a Porsche. I can't even get in a Porsche. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. I know his nature. I know his character. I know who he is. The importance of relationship. The closer you get to God, the clearer his nature and plans appear. Did you hear that? The closer you get to God, the closer you get to his word, the closer you get to him in prayer, the clearer his nature and character and plans appear to you. It is impossible to be in agreement with that which you do not know. Well, pastor, I agree with the word of God. Do you know it? Well, I know what pastor Daniel tells me. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Because you cannot be in agreement with that which you do not know. So the only way you can be convinced of God's yes is you have to know the word of God. The only way you can be convinced of God's plans is you've got to seek him and have times of prayer. You've got to hear his voice. Can I tell you, this building was not built just because someone had a desire. There was a knowing. There was somebody that was convinced that God had a plan for Wasilla that heard the voice of the Lord, that knew the yeses of God. It's impossible to be in agreement with that which you don't know. Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking, listen to the prayer of Paul the Apostle. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Can I tell you one of the ploys of the enemy in this church? I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. 
Sorry if your name is Debbie. We love you. It's just a phrase. Confusion will produce conflict. Confusion in who God is, confusion of the calling, confusion of the plan will always produce conflict. And so the devil in this season wants to try and bring confusion in your home. I need you to hear me. Go ahead and start playing because I need some extra anointing. (laughs) He'll try and bring confusion to what the Word of God says. I mean, friends, I, I grieve in this last season. We had some people make a horrible mistake and watch some ridiculous film that changed their whole perspective on God and their whole perspective on miracles. And here is a Bible-believing people that got defiled. I tell you, one of the plans of the enemy is he wants to defile you. He wants to bring confusion in your marriage. He wants to bring confusion in your job, in your business. That's his goal is if because he, he knows if he can produce confusion in your life of who you truly are and what you're truly called to, then he can bring that conflict, and that conflict will cause a breakdown. That conflict in your life, that conflict in your heart. For example, there are some people here tonight that when I begin to give a call for healing, there's going to be a conflict that will arise. Well, can God really heal me? Does Josh Morocco really have an anointing to heal people? Can I tell you something? It wasn't David's stature that gave him confidence. It was the size of his God that did. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and quickens your mortal body. That tonight you can be healed. But friends, if you don't resolve the conflict to God's yes in your life, you'll never receive every yes that he has for you. Kings, Alaska, you need to hear this. If you cannot resolve the conflicts in your understanding, in your faith, in that which you believe, if you cannot resolve those conflicts, you will never embrace and take hold of the yeses that God has for this church, the yeses that God has for Wasilla, the yeses that God has for your family. We've got to confront those conflicts. That's why we got to be convinced. I know that I know that God has a yes for me. I know that I know Psalms 27. I'm going to close with this passage. Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart. Oh, this is huge. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait on the lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart wait i say on the lord friends you know what i want my response to be 2023 amen i want my life I want my mind, I want my mouth, I want everything that I am to come into agreement with God's yes. Can you imagine what this church will look like if you just come into agreement with the yeses of God? Can you, oh, hold on. Can you imagine, like, let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty. 
Can you imagine what your marriage will look like if you come into the agreement, if you come into agreement with the yes of God? Can you imagine what your body would feel like? We may just have some people doing the Roger Rabbit. The running man. No, we're not going to. I'm not showing you nothing. Behave yourself. I mean, can you imagine if you just believed that he's your healer? What would happen in 2023 if you just chose in every area of your life to say amen? Let it be done to all of God's yeses. Tonight, there's a yes in the house. I said tonight, there's a yes in the house. But my question is this, where will there be an amen? All of God's promises are yes in Christ. And the amen is spoken, is declared, is lived by you. Can I get an amen in this church? Tonight, I want you to lift your voice. I want you right now just to lift your, stay seated, stay seated. I want you to lift your voice. And for the next two minutes, I want you to just begin to thank God for everything that he is and everything that he's done in your life. Come on, all over this house right now, I want you to just thank him. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord God, for your healing. Thank you, Lord God, for your strength. Thank you, Lord God, for your power. Lord, thank you for your salvation. Lord, that even when I was in a state of sin when i considered you an enemy lord you pursued me and you loved me even despite my wretchedness god you pursued me and i thank you for your grace i thank you for your mercy i thank you for your compassion lord thank you for your yes in my life and i thank you lord well i hope you were encouraged by god's word thank you again for listening to king's alaska podcast god bless you for more great content Go to casealaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.